This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Does it make much difference whether you go to a public college or a private secular college or a religious college? That's one of the many questions students and their parents have in mind when they are facing the tough decision to decide what the next step beyond high school ought to be. Well, that's the question that Albert Cheng at the University of Arkansas and David Sickink at the University of Notre Dame address in a new study entitled, What Do They Deliver? A Report on American Colleges and Universities. They have asked a nationally representative sample of a cross-section of graduates from four-year colleges and universities what they did when they were in college and what they learned from their experience. So I'm very pleased to have Albert Chang with me today on the Education Exchange. Albert is a professor in the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas. Thank you, Albert, for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Paul. Good to be with you. Well, Albert, what was the purpose of your study? What did you want to learn from talking to alumni, uh, cross-section of alumni from across the United States, about their experiences in college? Well, Paul, you know, I think one of the main motivations for our paper or the study was to broaden uh, and expand the conversation that we have around the value of college education. Um, I suppose if you ask the average person or just uh, uh, talk to, you know, look at the media, uh, most of the conversation about the value of post-secondary education is um, presented in economic terms. Do you uh, recruit recruit the uh, tuition that you pay in terms of a higher wage premium? And uh, what we wanted to do was to uh, highlight um, the other contributions that uh, post-secondary education might make. Well, you um, you seem to be looking a lot more at uh, the morals and values and the character of the uh, alumni than at their their how, their earnings or how much they learned in science and literature. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right, and and you're right to highlight that. You know, one of the we looked at, for instance, a, a series of uh, post graduation outcomes. So we asked questions about how they understood. Um, their vocation or how they went about thinking about what, what job they wanted. Um, we asked a variety of questions about whether they had uh, felt they had certain moral obligations in life. Um, uh, asked a variety of things about family structures, civic engagements. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we, we wanted to again expand the, the conversation about uh, what education is for and then what uh, college education can do for people. Well, what would you say was the most important finding that emerged from your study? What's the biggest difference that you found between those who went to a religious college and those that went to a private secular college or a public university? Well, you know, I'd, uh, I'd say there are a couple things. Um, and, and, you know, in this report, we, we actually uh, described our results in, in stages. And so... Um, we, we did ask a variety of questions about um, uh, college choice, so pre-college. Uh, what motivated students to choose their institution? Um, and on that front, uh, one of the striking, couple of striking findings are that um, your, your private secular institutions um, are, are well known, and, and perhaps this is not surprising, um, you know, certainly uh, for, for you at Harvard, um, well known for, for their academic um, programming. And so the vast majority uh, of students there um, select those kinds of institutions because of an academic program or academic reputation. Um, 
But for private religious colleges, um, it's quite different. Um, over half of the students there um, mention uh, selecting that institution explicitly because of uh, the religious mission of that school. Um, and then, you know, there's even another difference with, with, with public schools, certainly with the lower costs of tuition in public schools, um, and, and certainly the, the higher numbers of, of public schools um, that exist in our, in our country. Um, location and, and cost and affordability was, was one of the driving factors for those institutions. So um, even before they, they go to college, um, you see these, these distinctions. And, um, you know, these distinctions then kind of extend while they're in college. Uh, one of the, the most stri more striking findings that I was um, taken aback by was uh, the sense of belonging that, that students feel on, on campuses. Um, the uh, private schools, uh, overwhelmingly, private school alum graduates report uh, feeling like they belonged uh, at that institution, that they were part of that community. Uh, the way they describe their faculty relationships is certainly more uh, personal and approachable, um, and so that was a, a, a marked uh, difference relative to, to public schools. Well, so why do you think that was, this uh, greater sense of belonging? Do they, I, I noticed that the, they were more apt to say they had a mentor on the faculty or they had a personal friend on the faculty or, or, or just in general that the faculty supported them. Is that because they have a better faculty-student ratio or what, what's... What do you think could be the reason for this? Yeah, you know, these are, these are all legitimate uh, hypotheses. And, and um, you know, for our report, we weren't able to dig uh, too far into this. Certainly, this is, this is uh, completely descriptive, so we didn't want to uh, overstate um, anything. But, but I do suspect that um, uh, students, uh, the class size, you know, student-faculty uh, ratios in, in courses, um, that that plays a role. Um, School size overall would play a role. Uh, now, you know, it's, it's worth mentioning that, that uh, in, in some models, when we control for things like school size, some of these differences don't completely go away. They certainly attenuate. And so, um, certainly, size and uh, uh, those kinds of factors play some role. But um, uh, there's, there's something else that, that's unobserved about these kinds of institutions. And um, certainly for your, your religious colleges, uh, you know, it's my understanding that, that faculty there uh, certainly um, bring in some kind of, uh, you know, their, their religious tradition um, certainly informs how they relate to their students as well. And so they certainly spend um, uh, perhaps a, a noticeably different amount of effort investing in their students' lives. And, uh, so anyway, you know, these, these are uh, potential hypotheses to explain these differences. Well, you don't. Um, uh, you talk to. You're talking just to the alumni of the colleges. You don't talk to those who didn't finish. Uh, do you think this has affected your results at all? What if What if you were looked? If you had included all those who started at the college in your study? Yeah, certainly. But, you know, so so who knows how, how that bias might work? Um, uh, you know, what kind of differential uh, dropout rates there might be across the institutions that might. Um, lower uh, the, the you know the ratings of one sector or the other. Um, you know that's certainly a possibility. Uh, now, certainly on, on the other hand, um, a lot of the patterns that we found 
uh, generally tracked with with, my, uh, with what you might expect uh, given some of our uh, conceptions of some of these institutions. Um, now that said, uh, look, I mean, uh, you know, that's a legitimate question, and, and uh, whether uh, additional supports um, to help those students succeed differ across those institutions. Um, again, that might come into play and in, uh, and, and alter some of the, the results that we have. Um, but look, we compared across all uh, the only the only folks we included in our sample were folks that completed, and so um, they certainly had that uh, similarity across the sectors. So, um, one of the things that the alumni at the uh, religious colleges uh, were more likely to say is that. Uh, one of the features of their job that's really important to them is directly helping others. They were much more likely to say that than were those who were at the uh, public universities or at the secular colleges. So I found that sort of interesting. What, what did you make of that? Yeah, that, you know, that, that struck me as well. Um, and and I, I had the opportunity to present this to uh, a, a, a religious college association recently and um, you know, they were, uh, of course, they, you know, they might have uh, rose-colored lenses, but maybe they're legitimately correct to uh, have a positive view of their own institutions. Um, you know, and that's something that they, they did mention that um, uh, informed their values. Um, and so, you know, this idea of uh, not simply trying to finish college to get a job so that you uh, are, yourself are kind of economically viable and, and set, but, um, you know, these religious colleges certainly emphasize service, emphasize um, stewarding talents and resources. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's not surprising to me to find and, and, and that uh, alumni of religious colleges um, are, are, what is it, about 10 percentage points, uh, more likely at least, to uh, uh, Well, you also find that they're more likely to say that they they that they have a moral obligation to participate in politics. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought people participated in politics to get something out of politics, but here you find that they are more likely to say they have a moral obligation. Uh, so, what, what what does that mean? Yeah, that, you know, that's, that's, that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that in detail. We certainly found um, uh, among both religious and non-religious uh, private school graduates uh, a, a greater likelihood of, of feeling like they have a moral obligation to participate in, in politics. Um, you know, this, this struck me uh, because in, in some other work associated with Cardus, um, you know, they, they actually found uh, lower rates of political involvement among some uh, among folks that had a, a religious schooling background. Uh, now, granted, that was for graduates, that, that was for schooling at the secondary level, so we're certainly getting a different population of the American public um, by focusing on college graduates. But, you know, if you put the, those results together, um, uh, feeling like they have more obligation to participate in politics, um, a moral obligation to uh, take action against wrongs and injustices, um, an obligation to uh, help uh, other folks in poverty, um, you know, to find jobs that helps others. You know, you begin to sketch a 
picture where uh, political involvement isn't necessarily um, purely out of self-interest. Um, that there is this uh, outward orientation among uh, religious school graduates in particular, and, and, and a little bit in, in, the, uh, in, in the secular uh, graduates from the uh, secular private institution. Well, now you did find that 40% of those students or those alumni at a religious college has admitted that they, uh, that they had experimented with alcohol when they were in college to the point where they were drunk. Yes, so, yes, yes. So. Uh, right. That, that was sort of the, uh, um, a surprising finding. I, you know, I, I suppose, uh, you know, there's a, a glass half full, glass half empty view of this. Um, uh, you can say, it's, you know, that that rate is lower than uh, the other types of institutions, but... Not uh, that much. I, I, it, it was... Albert, it was it was ten percentage points less. You know, it was forty yeah. percent at the religious, fifty percent at the other. So, I don't know how much of a difference that is. Right, right, right. Um, well, let, let me just say that for, you know, for the record, that uh, chatting with some administrators at, at these religious colleges, uh, they didn't exactly see that as a as something to to boast about. Um, it was more. It did cause a little bit of self reflection and. Um, you know, wondering, well, you know, we're, we're not perhaps not living up to all that we say uh, we want to be. And, um, and, you know, indeed, this is part of one of the intents of our report, too, is we, we do want to um, uh, produce a mirror for, for administrators and college presidents to um, uh, self-evaluate and, and think about how they might uh, uh, manage and lead the organizations better. Well, you know, Martin Luther was pretty good at drinking. You have to admit that, too. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll refrain from naming other uh, folks that I know. <laughs> so the, uh, now the, 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 um, the way you worded that question, though, was were you ever, uh, now what if you had said how many times a week or how many times a month uh, have you consumed alcohol to that point? Maybe you would have gotten sharper differences across colleges. Yeah, no, that's, that's certainly possible. Um, uh, yeah, we, we did, I suppose we did have a, uh, a high bar here, um, at least once versus none. Uh, but, you know, we, we thought that we, we'd raise the bar anyway just to uh, uh, hold folks to a higher standard, shall we say. Well, then you also asked about whether they had had a sexual relationship while they were in college. And once again, it's, it's a little bit less in the religious colleges, but not a heck of a lot of difference, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, and, and certainly that, uh, uh, that result um, stirred a similar conversation. Yeah, well, of course, animal instincts are anywhere and everywhere, of course. And so I suppose you can't be altogether surprised about that, right? So what do you draw in, 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 when you consider all your results? Do you see that if, if there's a good reason for parents to want to choose a private college over a public university, or do you find these differences not large enough to uh, – because there's a, certainly a cost differential there, and not only that, but uh, there's all kinds of other preferences that people have. So how do you assess all of this? And, and certainly, even in, as you know, in your recent uh, uh, MNEX poll from uh, last year, 2019, you, you, uh, you actually asked the American public to grade public and private colleges and um, found that uh, the, you know, 
the grades uh, were quite, uh, you know, not that different uh, between private and, and public colleges. Um, so certainly parents are, are picking up uh, some similarities, and as our report shows, there are some uh, places where the, the distinctions between public and private colleges aren't that different, certainly, and, um, you know, perhaps in, in some uh, cases such as extracurricular participation and some types of activities, for instance, um, or some other uh, post-graduation outcomes, such as um, uh, employment. But, you know, setting all that aside, uh, look, I, I think this, this really boils down to, um, uh, you know, the decision of parents, um, you know, the kind of conversation that parents have with their children as they consider college choice, the kind of conversations that, um, you know, not just parents and their child, but also um, together with um, other communities that, that these families belong to. Um, you know, if we think of education as a formation uh, that happens both inside and, and outside school, home, and, and other places, uh, look, these communities all have um, different values. Different kids are going to be uh, gifted and, and better positioned to uh, follow different life paths in their future. Um, and so really, depending on A, uh, what, the, what the child and the family and the family and the community values, and B, um, where the uh, family and the child thinks uh, the child's going to be um, post-graduation and, and as an adult, uh, there's a lot of things to weigh. Um, and really, you know, what I think is, is valuable uh, in, in doing this kind of study is that if we highlight and underscore the, uh, the plurality of institutions that are out there to best serve and, and, and meet the needs of uh, a variety of uh, desires and goals. One of the things that you uh, find, though, I think, is that uh, there's uh, much more interest in, in a moral purpose, a moral commitment among those who are in a religious college uh, and want to see a, a point to their vocation. Uh, now, is that can you really say that that's the college that did that, or were these uh, just the kinds of kids who picked a religious college in the first place? Yeah, so we, we can't empirically disentangle that in, in our reports. Uh, I, I know, and, and certainly, um, there's, there's part of the differences, um, I mean, my guess is it's, it's selection. Uh, religious colleges do attract a certain particular kind of student, certainly, uh, I mean, our, you know, one of our results, the, the results about motivations for choosing a college, again, we found um, over half of religious college alumni um, uh, desired an institution that, that provided a religious environment. So there's certainly selection going on there. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of evidence um, outside of our study here to, to suggest that uh, shaping vocation and, and uh, you know, shaping some understanding of that is something that religious colleges um, focus on. Um, that, uh, you know, they, they're not there just to uh, equip students with particular job skills and set them up for the, the next stage, but, um, uh, you know, the variety of, uh, of accounts of, of students um, that, that attend these religious colleges and universities in particular, um, acknowledging the kinds of conversations that they had with faculty, um, you know, the, describing their experience with faculty as, as uh, um, 
a mentorship experience and, and, and using that space and opportunity to cultivate uh, what they want to do um, when they leave. And so, uh, again, we, you know, we can't disentangle that empirically in our study, but uh, from, from other sources, uh, reports and, and anecdote, anecdotes and, and other testimony, uh, you know, there's, there's reason to believe that uh, the way formation happens is, is distinct across all these sectors. Well, I'll have to admit that I've never regretted going to a religious college uh, many years ago, and uh, I've never forgotten those uh, four years. They were really very important. Uh, so there's something about your report that rings true. Mm, mm, that's that's great, great to hear. So uh, thank you, Albert. I've been speaking with Albert Cheng, a professor in the Department of School Reform at the University of Arkansas and author with David Sickink of a new report entitled, What Do They Deliver? A Report on American Colleges and Universities. Thank you, Albert, for joining me on the Education Exchange. Thanks for having me, Paul. It's great to chat with you as always. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education Next website.